We're going to read a passage from this third chapter of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesian saints. And we're going to, after we read this, kind of hang it on the bulletin board and come back to it here in just a minute as we consider some other things. But let's start off Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 16, where Paul says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. I'm going to go ahead and finish the thought that he has there. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Let's bow our heads and ask the Lord to bless this lesson tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here together tonight. I thank you, Father, for the work that you're doing in each one of your people. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to lay hold of all tools, all strength, all provisions, Father, that you supply to us, that we might satisfy everything that you have called us to, Lord. Make that our desire, our purpose, and our every effort. I give you the glory tonight, Father, and ask that you bless this word to us this evening. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, just, well, just by way of just an illustration this evening, I'll just make plain to you, if you know what I drive, you know that I don't have an electric vehicle, so I don't speak from a great deal of experience. Dan, is your RAV, is it a complete, is it a hybrid? Uh, does anyone here plug in their vehicle, just out of curiosity? Anyone here have a fully electric? Oh, good, you, then you might not be as experienced as I am. Let me tell you about electric vehicles tonight. <laughs> old, salty, experienced guy that I am. No, I have a good friend that I uh, have lunch with every, every month. Some of you might know him. His name is Scott. Not this Scott, but another friend of mine. Uh, Scott has, a, has one of these electric vehicles. He has a Tesla. He's had it for some time. And Well, Brother Gary was talking about his traveling issue or being lost here recently, and a number of other people oftentimes testify about it. Well, Scott was telling me a story about being out in his electric vehicle this last winter on a road trip. Now, me having always had gas-driven, gas-powered cars, I don't really understand, I don't know everything I don't know about electric vehicles, and there are just different circumstances as far as like fueling up, for instance. You don't fuel up, you plug in. You know, there are certain things that go along with that that I wasn't aware of until I sat down with Scott and heard him talking about his Tesla. And so, so it was interesting hearing him tell me this story. And I won't tell you all of the details, but it was during that real hard cold snap back in the winter time. And he went down in Oklahoma where the cold snapped the hardest, uh, or at least harder than most other places. And he found that the charge on his car was running down. And so he was looking for a charger. For his vehicle. Now, I did a quick search online, and uh, there are over a dozen, I hate to just keep on throwing brand names, but over a dozen Tesla-specific superchargers, I'll get to those in a minute, in New York City alone. And there are less than half of that in Oklahoma, the entire state. And so he wasn't able to find one very quickly, and he had to work to get to one, and it turned out that everyone else that was traveling at that time had pulled off at the same time and in front of him, it seems, so he had to pull into line, into a queue, leading up to three different chargers that were lined up there. As he got closer there, or at least as the time passed, he didn't get any closer, he realized that one of them, on top of everything else, was broken and it wasn't working, so they were working on two of them. 
As he started to inch closer still, a guy came up to his window and he said, Hey man, my car is almost completely dead and, and I have a kid in the car or something. He gave his story and that sort of thing. And he says, If you have any extra time, you know, can I get in front of you? So Scott, being the kind guy that he was, let him get in front of him. And the guy promptly broke down right in front of him. His battery emptied. Anyway, he sat there in the cold and he realized then that it was getting colder and the heat from his car in order to keep the car warm well, it was drawing down his own battery and so on and so forth. It's not like you leave your car running, you know, and the heat of the engine can warm things up and that so on and so forth. Everything is electric in that vehicle. And he found very quickly and very troublingly there wasn't enough power to go around for everybody at the time. And everyone was calling Tesla and so on and so on. He just kept on going on and on about the different calamities that he was running into with this. I promptly decided I'll never have an electric car. I'll bootleg gas in my garage if I need to. I don't, I don't know what I'll have to do. But anyway, issues that are there, right? Issues. Uh, you know, our own respective lives, and I heard him telling this, and while I was laughing because he presented very uh, comedically, I was laughing and just considering that. And I've thought about it a number of different times, about the power that is available uh, and the... Well, oftentimes the demand exceeds the supply. And so, of course, I think, from our own perspective, from our own spiritual position, our own place as children of God, the need that we have for power and strength. And it's not an uncommon concept. It's not an uncommon theme that we have to different lessons. And each one of us need to be strengthened at different times. And I can give the same kind of cookie-cutter introduction to that sort of thing about how I have my own needs and my own weaknesses and the Lord needs to strengthen me for this. And different ones have to be strengthened in their own physical needs or emotional needs and that sort of thing. But we all need power. You know, we need horsepower to be able to do what we're called to do. We need willpower sometimes to be able to do what we're called to do. We all need to be strengthened. And all this power comes from God. We understand this. I hope you understand this. All the power that we need comes from God. Directly, indirectly, it all comes from His hand. And the bottom line, the, the basic truth of this lesson is that He doesn't shortchange us that power. There's plenty to go around. There are no non-functioning outlets when he says, this is the outlet that I have for you. This is the provision of strength that I have for you. This is the capability and the means by which you can recharge that I have for you. It doesn't fall short. It doesn't come up empty. It doesn't have brownouts or blackouts or any of those sorts of things. Power are all, is always abundant and it's present and it's unlimited. There are no hindrances on the part of that supplier. Uh, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, he told the Philippian saints. And that includes all of our need. We need power. We need strength and those sorts of things. Tonight, I'd like to consider our own access to the power of God, how the Lord provides it to us, as we've considered a number of different times from a number of different angles in times past. But sometimes... Well, we're going to consider those times when we feel powerless, nevertheless. We feel run down even when we have this abundance of power from the hand of God. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10, just beginning in a simple thought that's there, perhaps a familiar thought to you. Paul gives those Ephesian saints a familiar instruction, says, finally, my brethren, be strong, have power. Be able, be enabled in the Lord, by the Lord, and in the power of His might. Simply saying, receive your strength from Him because 
His is the source of that strength. You can be strong. When he tells us to do something, it means that we can. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. It is available to us. We get it. It's not from us. If you are honest with yourself, sincere with yourself, understand the word, believe the word, then you recognize that the power, nothing comes from this for us to accomplish and again satisfy the things that the Lord has for us to do. It comes from him, the power of his might and his only. Where are those plug-ins? Where are those outlets when we feel drained and we feel lagging and we feel like we're dragging? Straightforward, actually, is what we're going to consider this evening. Straightforward concept, nothing secret. He's no, no proprietary formula to receiving the power of the Lord. No secret uh, tricks or, or you're, wait till you hear this. We're going to go, and there's a little secret here. If you look in the prophetic books, it tells you how to lay into the power something special just for you. No, sorry, you are special. But it's not a special trick for you to lay hold of the power of God. It's for all of those ones. We're just simply willing to receive it. Uh, First and foremost, the power of God comes from his word. That would be the foremost source, I would say. Something that's available to us. It's readily available. It's returned to as often as we choose. The outlet never shuts down. You don't ever go to it and say, well, the GFI's tripped on this. What's going on? Chink, and have to pop that little button there just to make, bring it all back and, and reset it. That never happens. It never comes up short. You never get short change. You never realize, oh, there's only two out of the three things that are, that are well, putting out the juice today. It's not that way. The Word of God is always present to us. It's, it's so readily available. Listen, man, if you... If you if you are ever just dragging, and that can be emotionally, that can be physically, that can be spiritually, whatever the case, because all of those things do tie in, don't they? Don't they all just come together? I mean, when we, when we feel like we're dragging emotionally, that does impact our spiritual life. When we feel like we're dragging or dry spiritually, that can affect our emotional well-being. And all those things can tie in and affect our physical well-being. Everything comes together so often. Uh, when you're dragging, let me encourage you, take time to recharge in the Word. Sometimes it's just as simple as sitting down, grabbing a scripture, and just chewing on it for a while. Sometimes it's reading a chapter. Sometimes you don't have the time necessarily to do that. And be honest with yourself whether or not you have the time to do something. You can make time oftentimes, but there are those times when you don't have the time, but you need something. You're lagging and you feel it. Man, I'm dragging today. And there's a burden on me and there's a, something... Man, grab real quick just a passage. Get an audio Bible and play it something. Consider a song that has the Word of God in it. Let me encourage you to take time to recharge. You will be, well, maybe not shocked, but you will be encouraged, I believe, by the recharging that the Word gives you. Be reminded of the truth. Be reminded of the things that you know that you have been raised in, that you have received and accepted for yourself. Turn to Romans chapter 4 and we read just a piece of of account regarding Abraham, that man who was known for having believed God and that faith was accounted to him for righteousness. You know he believed the Lord already. Uh, He was a righteous man when he talked with the Lord and returned to the Lord a number of different times. He returned to him and had conversations with him. He was a man of faith. He obeyed him in a number of different things. Uh, 
Well, you can believe the Lord and still need to recharge your batteries, as it were. Still need to be strengthened in your unbelief, as we pray often. Abraham was strengthened further in his faith, even though he had faith uh, of abundance. Romans chapter 4 and verse 18. Paul speaks of Abraham this way. He says, And not being weak in the faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. When the Lord promised that he would have a son, have a son by his wife Sarah, both of them geriatric by age and in capabilities, his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old in the deadness of Sarah's womb. But it says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith. He received power from the Lord. His strength was made more vibrant, more verdant, more living, stronger, more powerful, more energetic. He was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what God he had promised, he was able also to perform. Abraham's faith was strengthened. How come? How did he strengthen? How was his faith strengthened here? When he heard the word of God, he believed it. Now, it's an interesting, I don't want to say it's a self-satisfying prophecy or a self-fulfilling prophecy that, well, if I believe it, then I'll be strengthened. But no, it's that he recognized the word. He remembered the word, understood who God was, understood his own experience at God's hand and by God's work. And when he applied those things to what he knew and what he believed and what the Lord spoke to him and enabled him for He heard it, and he was strengthened by that, reminded by that. Yes, I believe this. He told me this. It doesn't matter what what my body looks like, what it's capable of. It doesn't matter what Sarah looks like, what she's capable of. It doesn't matter how many years we have on this. It doesn't matter what the natural laws and the natural rules are, because the Lord deals supernaturally by his own law, by his own capability, and by his own logic and rationale. He believed we understand in Romans ten seventeen that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So he was strengthened in faith because he recognized the word of God, remembered the word of God, applied the word of God, believed the word of God. He heard him say, I have made you a father of many nations. And he believed it. And his faith was strengthened in that. And you know what happened with Abraham. He had that child. Had that child and that child had more children, and that child had more children thereafter, and we understand that Abraham is indeed the father of many nations. Even if he didn't get to see all of it that happened, he had the assurance and the proof right there, right there in Isaac when he recognized. The Lord did a miracle here, and his faith was strengthened before that miracle even took place because he believed the word of God. He was strengthened in believing that thought it was interesting that Nick brought up uh, his testimony there because I was just thinking, as I was putting this lesson together about how I used to throw my little babies up in the air, you know, Nick at least had him in a swing, <laughs> had him, had her in a swing, Kinsley in her swing, and, you know, he, it snapped and he caught her, you know. I intentionally threw my kids up in the air, I mean, and I tossed them high, <laughs> I threw them up. I have some pretty good pictures. Bobby did the same, so I wasn't the only one who did such things. And we had pictures. Man, we have a picture of Katie. She's got to be 10 feet in the air. Bobby launched her up in the ocean one time. She's just, you know, that way. Uh, I used to throw them up frequently. I used to hold... I don't know I'm telling on myself because I feel like an idiot. But, I mean, before they're one, before they're standing, I'd hold their little feet here and just balance them this way. Because my dad used to do it with me. And his dad before him and so on and so forth. And... You know, I don't do that with my grandchild. I don't. 
I haven't seen Nick launch Kinsley up in the air with his grandchild, though he might have done that with his girls. Why is that? Because I don't trust myself these days. You know, and it's not my kid when you get right down to it. Eli would probably say, yeah, you can toss her, you're fine. But you know why else I don't do it? Because she doesn't trust me. I pick up Emmy and I kind of give her one of these things. She goes, <laughs> and she grabs my, grabs my arms. You know, she's like, <laughs> no, Poppy. <laughs> no, Poppy. And I'm like, okay, baby, I won't, I won't throw you up. And so, you know, do this again. She goes, <laughs> no, she's, she doesn't trust what, uh, what I'm suggesting I'm going to do. You know what happens as a result of that? Now, granted, again, I don't trust myself, so I'll just leave that there. But if I did trust myself and I knew that it was going to be all okay, well, she misses out on the awesomeness of it, doesn't she? You know, she just she totally missed out being launched up twenty feet in the air and being brought down into my hands. It's something awesome there because she didn't trust me. Saints, you know what the word says is true. You know what the word says is true, and if you don't know. That what the word of God says is true, man, you seek the Lord until you have been affirmed that what you know in the word is true. And then seek out everything else that's in there so that he might confirm that to you. But if you do know, if you are sure, if you are confident, albeit sometimes there are those times when we find ourselves discouraged or something along those lines. But if in your heart and, and your understanding and generally speaking you recognize that the Lord is the one true God, that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is there to supply you all your needs, and that the power that was delivered to these ones back in, in times past, and the power delivered to these ones in their own issues and their own circumstances that we testify about, if you believe that that same power is the same power that's at work for you today, Well, then you recognize that he gives that power and it's available to us to trust in and we can trust him for the well for the same measure of deliverance that he offers anybody else. We can trust him to believe him and be moved by him. If he wants to toss us up in the air, we don't have to hold on to his hands. We can do this sort of thing and let him catch us and see the awesomeness of it. Now, that being said, that's what he did to Paul, didn't he? Turn to Acts chapter 9. This man who wrote Ephesians, that opening passage that we'll return to here in just a moment. That man who wrote Ephesians, that man Saul of Tarsus, later to be called Paul, he was not always one who trusted the Lord in the measure that he should have. Um, We pick up here in Acts chapter 9. This is after he met Jesus while he was en route to Damascus. After having believed the Lord Jesus, when the Lord presented himself to him, corrected him, asked him who he was, where he was going, essentially, and told him who he was, and and let him know that he had some plans for him. He let him know uh, and, and set him aside so that he might wait for that man, Ananias, to come speak what he had for him. And Ananias did. Acts chapter 9 and verse 17 says, Ananias went his way. And entered the house as the Lord had directed him to. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And when I read this passage here, first off, let me make plain, I'll get there in a moment. I believe Saul actually absolutely was saved here. Ananias had spoken to the Lord and he felt compelled to call Saul a brother. And I believe that he was calling him a brother in Christ, don't you? Because he recognized who the Lord was. And he believed. But here he was ready to hear something more. 
preparing to hear more, preparing to hear what the Lord had for him and had called for him. Now, when, when Ananias came and said, here I am, that you may receive your sight, I've been sent of the Lord, that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul was at another crossroads here. When he met the Lord Jesus on the road to Damascus, the Lord slapped him down. He could have said, no, I'm not interested in anything. Well, and the Lord would have dealt with him in whatever manner he so chose, but he didn't. He went and believed and was taken back, sitting in this house where Ananias came to him. Now he's at another crossroads. He could have left right then in bitterness. Well, I didn't ask for this. I'm, I'm not interested in what's, what's going on here. Here, I've been sitting here for this time. No one's been talking to me. No, nah, it didn't happen either. He, but he could have chosen that, couldn't he? Could have remained there in that weakened situation, that still blind. Not, he could have even gone the humble route, right? I don't deserve anything. Do you know what I did? I'm the chief of sinners. We've heard him call himself that before. We hear him bear testimony throughout Scripture of what he was guilty of doing, what he was fully intending to do, continue to do in Damascus once he got there, to persecute the people of God, the followers of Jesus themselves. We understand that. He could have sat and said, I, I'm not worthy of anything. Nah, he didn't do that, though, did he? He was strengthened, it says in verse 18. Immediately, there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once. And he arose and was baptized. Ananias didn't force him under the water. This was something that Saul made the determination to do. Receive this blessing. So when he had received food, he accepted that as well. He was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. I think there when it says that when he had received food and was strengthened... He was doing naturally what he also was doing figuratively, spiritually. Receiving food, being strengthened there in the moment. Being baptized, hearing from Ananias that the Lord had spoken to him to come to him, to speak to him, all this direction. And he went with it. He believed in it. And he was strengthened as he heard step by step things that I I doubt that he, well, if he had heard them, he sure hadn't believed them to that point. He went, he was baptized. And he was strengthened and received that food and moved on. He received the word and was strengthened, I believe. And we know that he continued to receive it. The result was evident. We see in Acts chapter 9, verse 22, But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ. Do you understand, Paul? We talked about it in Galatians when we considered the second chapter. Paul didn't immediately confer with flesh and blood. He was... Led up, strengthened, enabled, learned some things. Then he went off and he studied, well, as the Spirit revealed to him. But he was definitely, definitely learning, definitely immersing himself in the Word and having it revealed to him as he went. Saints, when you feel overwhelmed and you feel weak and you feel incapable, perhaps even feel unworthy, don't underestimate the power of the Word of God. Paul could have said, I don't want anything more. I don't deserve anything more. I should remain blind. I believe Jesus is Jesus, but I'm going to sit in my darkness and stay there. Praise the Lord that he didn't. Don't underestimate the power of the word to lift you up, to continue to open your eyes and encourage you. A verse recited, a passage read, a chapter read, study undertaken for yourself, whatever the case may be. It is something that brings power. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, Paul said to Romans. For it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also 
for the Greek. Be reminded of what he has done, what he's doing, and you will have faith deepened and strengthened to believe and trust him for what he will do. Don't leave that foremost source of his power on the table. That being said, returning back to this thought of all those electrical vehicles, I know there are differences in chargers, and it was at this point where I considered asking Dan, hey Dan, what kind of charger do you have? But he failed me in this illustration, so I will just go off on what I know. Uh, There are different kinds of chargers you can have in your home with these electric vehicles. Typically, uh, Allie and I were talking about it here recently, so I actually studied this already. Not studied, but looked it up. You have something that runs off of AC current and it plugs into your car. You know, I used to plug in my old white Chevy truck, my old truck from years ago. I used to plug its block heater in on really, really cold nights. Uh, and it just sit there and trickle this heater that just kept the block hot. It's the same kind of concept, except that it fills the battery, right? Charges it up. And it takes a long time. It runs off of AC voltage, if you're familiar with what that is. I don't have all the ins and outs of that sort of thing, but it goes slow. And it takes a long time for it to get up to a certain speed. But then there's the supercharger. The supercharger sounds cool uh, because it is. It's super. You know, Anything, when you tag super to it, it, makes it much better. Well, it's one of those things where when you're on your way to Denver, you don't want to sit and trickle charge over the course of hours to get 44 miles out of your car. You want to ramp it up, and over the course of about 45 minutes, you can have 80% of your battery filled and go another 300 miles, so on and so forth. It charges with DC current and can get you all the way up to full much, much faster, much faster than that trickle charger would. Now you look at this new believer in Saul of Tarsus. We see that he was directed... Listen, if you're making the choice to move on in the Lord, you need the supercharger. You need to get there and get there fast. Uh, Paul perhaps didn't know all the details of what the Lord had called him to, that apostolic commission that he gave him, to be that apostle that was going to present and reveal what the Lord had given to him about the gospel of grace, the gospel of the bride, the gospel of all these different things. He needed to get there rather quickly, it seems, because he only had so long a life. But remember what he said in verse 17, Ananias told him, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Again, let me point out that he was Brother Saul, already having received the Lord Jesus, already having eternity secured for him. We make this point rather frequently anytime we talk about the Holy Spirit, that it's designated and delineated a separate occasion, a separate event, a separate provision from salvation. This man was a fledgling believer, but nevertheless, he was a believer already. And he's, he still had yet to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And being called to the calling that he was called to, don't you think that it was probably prudent and efficient For him to get charged up in his respective batteries as quickly and efficiently as was possible so that he could do what the Lord had called him to. Not only for his benefit, but for those that he was given to minister to. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 4, Paul speaks to this some years after this occasion. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. When it came my time to speak and to bring this commissioned message, this new message, this new revelation that was given and opened up to me, it wasn't with the persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. 
that your faith, here's the effect that it has on those ones who would believe and would see, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That you would recognize the power that's available to you. That you would pursue for your own calling the power that's available for you. That you would seek, hey, where can I get this supercharger? Where can I receive this more efficient presentation of the word? Listen, you understand the power of God impacts everything. The power of the Spirit impacts everything. Acts 1 tells us that you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. It's available. It's available to anyone who will receive that. This is the fullness of the Spirit that, this, that presents this power, this supercharger, so to speak. Well, that ramps up everything and, and brings an efficient delivery and an efficient ministry of the Word of God to a, to a measure that we wouldn't find just left to our own devices. The Spirit energizes everything that the Lord offers to us. I don't, I don't, sometimes I'm at a loss for words as to, uh, to explain exactly how it works because I don't comprehend every, every piece of how it works. But you know, it's, oftentimes I think, as you turn to Romans chapter 15, oftentimes I think that, you know, I think I've maybe even presented this illustration before. Someone can give me a bag of flour, someone can give me a bag of sugar, give me a bag of, or a couple sticks of butter. I don't want to sit down there and eat three cups of flour, you know, three quarters of a cup of sugar, three quarters of a cup of brown sugar, you know, a package of chocolate chips, two sticks of butter. That's terrible. You know, I'm not interested in doing that. But I can take those things and I can put them together and I can create a whole sheet of cookies that if I was forced to, I could sit down and pound the whole lot of them. Because I know how to prepare them into something that's palatable and something that processes to me, something that appeals to me. The Spirit does that with the Word of God. There are a lot of ingredients here. And I'm not limiting or diminishing the the ingredients that are present because they are perfect. They are absolutely appropriate. Absolutely God-given and inspired by the Spirit. But the Spirit can take this and it can craft something. Something for you in a manner that you can receive. In a supercharged manner, I guess you could say. The Spirit energizes and prepares everything the Lord brings to us and presents it to you in a perfectly, not just palatable, but consumable way uh, to the fullest extent. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, it says in Romans 15, 13, with all joy and all peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. There, he touches everything. Through Him, joy is made perfect. Through Him, peace is made perfect. Through Him, Faith is made perfect. Hope is made perfect. Found in the power of the Holy Spirit. He, he streamlines things, purifies things, ah, makes them understandable to us. He energizes those things and helps them to be entirely efficient in taking them in and utilizing those things for our spiritual well-being. He strengthens and energizes us for everything, not just that He gives to us, but everything He asks of us. The Spirit does that as well. He gives us power for a deeper understanding of the word. He gives us power as a result of that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Deeper faith as we consider the word and it's presented more, again, comprehensibly, more applicably. He strengthens us and energizes us, gives us power in worship. And he gives us a supercharging and preparing for those things that he calls us to do for his good pleasure. You understand that when Paul was given this opportunity, sitting there blind, and Ananias said, 
I've come that you might have your sight and that you might receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. He was offering him power. And Paul didn't say thanks, but no thanks. I'm good, as we considered a moment ago. He went back to Arabia. He accepted the the gift, but he went to Arabia, went back to Damascus, listening, learning, and charging up his battery to the fullest, the quickest, because of that power that was made available to him. And that's what prompts him in Ephesians chapter 3, where we opened up. He desired that for God's people. When he experienced it for himself, recognized it for himself, understood it, and then subsequently taught it for himself. Look what it caused for him to do. Look what it caused for him. You know, Paul had a very paternal approach to his people that he was ministering to. I don't know exactly how much thought that he gave to all of us in generations after. I'm not sure how much the Lord revealed to him as far as the widespread impact and all that. I'm not going to get into that tonight. But I know that he would have wished this for all of God's people, just as he prayed it for those ones in Ephesus. And even if he didn't, God desires this for us. These are his words. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Paul speaking. He prayed for this, he said. From whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man for all of those things. For all the things that he has offered to us to have put together in something that is efficient and serves us perfectly. Processes spiritually in an efficient manner. Strengthens us through the might, with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man, so that we might do everything that he has called us to. I believe this plainly involves the fullness of the Spirit for God's people. I believe it plainly is presented here that you might be strengthened with might, energized, and made more capable by the supercharger that is the Holy Spirit. You know, I trust. And if you don't, seek it out. Seek it out. Seek it out and find what the Lord has presented. I believe it is absolutely, unquestionably, God's purpose for those willing to receive it. And so, saints, let me encourage you tonight, as has been on my heart. Has, it's the reason I bow at my knees to the Father oftentimes. That God's people would be strengthened in the inner man. Strengthened with might through His Spirit. There's no one ahead of you in line. That's one thing that poor Scott dealt with as he was trying to charge up his car. He had to wait for other people. You don't have to wait for other people. This is something that's available to you right now, despite anyone else's having received it, having not received it. Wanting it, not wanting it. There's no one ahead of you in line. There's no limit. No limit to the number of outlets where the power of God and the supercharging of the Spirit can come. No limit. It doesn't ever break. You can preoccupy yourself and you can run around and have your heater flipped on or turn the radio on to distract you while you're waiting for that charge. But you completely have your mind stuck in the game or completely have your mind stuck in this, whatever else is going on on the radio or or this or that while your battery is draining and draining and draining and you don't even realize it. Oh, there's an opening there. I'm good. I'm I'm finishing up my podcast (laughs) here. You know, whatever the case may be. You can preoccupy yourself and run yourself down and forego the charging that is there. The Lord doesn't want you to do it. There is an abundance of power available to you, child of God. And all you need to do is satisfy that calling that the Lord has for you and receive it.
Seek it. All the power that you need to satisfy everything the Lord has called you to, He provides and He provides in abundance. Do not allow the Word of God to sit idle on your table. Do not allow the supercharger that is the Holy Spirit and His fullness to sit idle. Be efficient. Be energized. Be empowered to do all that He calls you to. And receive everything that He's offering to you. Quickly, efficiently, abundantly, and beautifully by the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me encourage you, saints, receive and walk in the power of the fullness of the Spirit.